This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. We're having a ball out here. Everything's good. I think we knocked the right side off in the first three laps. Of the beginning of the race? Yeah, we were over our heads. I don't know if I'd go that far. This is the Dale Jr. Download, presented by Spy. With Amanda Troutman and Mike Davis, I am Taylor Zarzer. You can go to spyoptic.com right now and check out the complete line of Dale Jr. Signature 88 sunglasses. And thanks to our partner, Spy, you can enter discount code Dirty Mo Radio. Dirty Mo Radio. All one word. At checkout and receive 20% off of your purchase. Howdy, friends. How's it going? Let's talk a little bit about uh, Pahonix and let's talk about a championship. Yes. Let's talk about wrecking somebody to get into the next round of a championship. Yes. Let's talk about uh, Steve Latart's final race. No. (laughs) In just a second, uh, we'll have him on the program as well. MD, you were there. Congratulations to you, man. Thanks. Somebody that and and I'm not talking about the Alabama LSU game, even though there's some other (laughs) people that congratulated you, and that's what you thought that they were congratulating you about that totally happened and yeah laura scott came up to me she goes congratulations it was right when i saw her first thing sunday morning and i said thanks bama drives me crazy uh and she goes i was talking about the championship you idiot <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah that too okay thank you <laughs> a couple things to mention here um, chase yeah. elliott is unbelievable i mean this guy's future is just crazy how how uh how much success this guy is going to have but just talking about him and Junior Motorsports for the moment, what an unbelievable year. I mean, Mike, when you think about where the program was, um, you've talked about this a lot, just how concerned you were about the future of the program, how concerned yeah. Kelly was. She's talked about that openly. Dale as to, to where things are today, Junior Motorsports, without question, is the best nationwide program going. And you guys have so much to be proud of. Extremely proud, and you're right. Uh, just about three years ago, I would say it's it was about a 180 uh, from from where we are right now. It was it was pretty bad. We were not winning races. We weren't even finishing in the top ten, to be honest with you. And we are a nationwide series program only. So, um, you know, th- there was no excuse for that. Kelly and Dale made a couple hard decisions. Uh, we we had to right the ship. We had to you know uh, change what we were doing. They did that. We brought Regan Smith on board, which was a, a key mm-hmm. key move, and he goes off and wins in his first race at Homestead, uh, Miami, two years ago. Then last year, obviously, he has a really good year, uh, wins more races, and all of those things kind of played into what you know uh, brought what we brought into this year. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, you know, we we mentioned it uh, over the weekend, but at this point last year, Taylor. There was no number nine Napa team. There was no Chase Elliott uh, as far as their affiliation with Junior Motorsports. That had not happened yet. We didn't. We had not even heard that as a possibility. So to think that we're sitting here having this kid just made NASCAR history, clinching our company's first nationwide series championship is just it's it's hard to fathom. It's hard to put into words just how proud we are and how excited we are and how much we're looking forward to going to Homestead and to making it official because he's going to be crowned this weekend and that's uh, it's really cool. It really is cool. Uh, the the year he had is remarkable. Uh, winning three times, the most of any nationwide qualified driver. By, by This is insane how many top fives he had. Double the amount of top fives any other full-time driver had. Uh, and if you include Regan Smith, who finished his second, by the way, in the championship, or well, at so least far. at the moment, yeah, so far. is second, uh, and has a 13-point lead over third. 
Uh, it, it is. It really is amazing. And so congratulations to everybody with Junior Motorsports and what they accomplished. I wanted to start with that today. Well, thank you. I mean, th- th- this, is, this is really cool. You know, if, if Regan can hold on to second, uh, second place, then we would have finished first and second in everything we raced this year, which would be the late models and then also the Nationwide Series because uh, our late models finished first and second in the uh, NASCAR Wheeling All-American Series, uh, late models at Hickory Speedway, Josh Berry winning that championship. William Byron finishing second. He's 16 years old. And then, obviously, if Regan can hold on to second. So, you know, in, in finishing first and second, that's not been done since uh, the year 2000 in the Nationwide Series. So that's, it's just it's really cool. Uh, this, you know, I, none of us are taking this for granted for sure. Well, uh, and you shouldn't. Congratulations uh, on many levels. There's not a lot to say, really, about uh, yesterday's run in uh, Phoenix. We will talk about Ryan Newman. Yeah, and uh, what happened getting him into the championship on the last turn and what he did and what he said he wished he didn't have to do but felt he had to do. Yeah, he did. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the points as well, the format. I know that you have said on record you like this format. Yep. I'm not so sure I do, and we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But before we bring in Stevie here, Yesterday, I mean, listen, a lot to be proud of. A lot of another top ten, really good on the on the last few restarts uh, to put themselves in position. Actually, got the third there with uh, under fifty laps to go. But you know, look, it's a top ten day, and and the, the unfortunate part is when you're not running for a championship this late in the season, even though you already have four wins. You know, a top ten day. There's not really much to say, I guess. Well, you know, Phoenix was one of those tracks where the '88 team had struggled about three years ago, uh, and actually beyond that. But uh, uh, so that was one of the tracks that they have slowly but surely been gaining on, and a top ten finish was mm-hmm. a pretty nice uh, result for this team. I think we were looking for more, uh, of course. I mean, happy hour. You know, it's just so weird. Like you go back to Martinsville a few weeks ago. The Saturday morning practice at Martinville was terrible. Happy hour was a lot better. But the mm-hmm. Saturday morning practice, and so, it's so much so that Stevie and Dale will joke that if their Saturday morning practice is terrible, they feel good about the race. Now, that's all fun to joke about, but I don't know why that is. <laughs> you know, like, like what is the science behind that? Uh, but in this case, we had really good Saturday practices. Uh, and so I was kind of – I was more optimistic uh, about what the uh, 88 would have for the race. But – you know, it, it was just uh, it was sort of a mediocre, it was beyond mediocre day, but uh, yeah. nothing really to uh, get crazy about. Yeah, led four laps, but finished yeah, but that that was taking two tires, two tires. and he went backwards. Yeah. You know, yeah, on but those two tires. nevertheless, I mean, it was it's another top ten, so it's it's a good day there. But from the entire season standpoint, uh, from the in- last four years standpoint. It's been a huge success. So let's bring in the man that's about to crew chief his final race right now. Speed dial. Steve Letardi's been a crew chief in NASCAR the last 10 years. He worked for Jeff Gordon in a variety of roles forever. And, but for the last four years, he's been with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the 88 team. And he's about to crew chief, crew chief his last race in Homestead. You ready, my friend? Man, I guess. I don't really know how to be ready for this one. This is, um, you know, it's. I'm trying really hard to treat it business as usual. Um, I'm sure I will fail miserably at that when it comes said and done on Sunday. You know, there's going to be a lot of emotion for everybody. It's been a great ride. But, um, you know, as I get closer, though, there's a lot of things I'm going to miss. But we've had such a great year, and, 
know, everybody has really treated the decision with so much respect that I, I guess I'm ready. I'm ready to um, I'm ready for the second chapter here and, and see what goes on. But we want to go to Homestead and finish it out strong. Are you prepared to just have to address this all weekend? I mean, like I can't. I know you want to go into it as business as usual, but it's on everybody's minds. It is, but luckily for me, that the championship battle will, will drag the media out. So short of you know that that'll be. Um, the big distraction for everyone, and I hate we're not in it. That would have been a great distraction for us, too. But, um, you know, you should, there's no going back. You know, I, I think the, the one of my signatures as a crew chief was I was always the guy that was willing to have that tough decision, tough conversation, so this is no different. I'm ready to hit it head on and, and you know, tackle all the questions as they come. Everyone has every right to ask them, and, and we'll just go to the racetrack. And more than anything, to be honest, we're just going to go have fun. We're going to enjoy every lap, every practice. And wherever we finish, we finish, and it's going to be a weekend we all want to remember. The last four years have been remarkably successful. I mean, when you think of where Dale Jr. was, where the 88 team was in 2009 and 2010, you guys have gained on it every year, and I absolutely would argue you've gained on it significantly this year, and everybody is really excited about the future with Greg and, and Jr. moving forward. Um, when did you think this might be an option for you, Steve? Uh, when NBC obviously got the rights to, to NASCAR, I'm sure they contacted you, but when did you first think, man, I really might do this? Well, I think, you know, there was a time, even before the NBC, that I I knew that I couldn't crew chief forever. You know, crew chiefing is a very difficult job. It's a very time-consuming job. And, um, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the team we put together and the work they put in and and i want to make sure i'm never the hold up i want to pull as hard on the rope as everyone else does and and i had concern that while i feel like i do a good job and i put the effort in you know i don't know how many years i could do it at the level with which those guys deserve which Dale Jr. deserves everyone deserves so you know i've always had conversations with my wife about what kind of the exit plan is like what do you do after crew chiefing and there was really no plan no specific date but then when nbc kind of we got in contact with nbc it's it was just almost too good to be true. The timing was too perfect. They were getting back on the sport. They had a tremendous amount of excitement to get back in the sport. And it was really the clearest path for me to accomplish both of my goals, which were to stay in a sport that I love and also find some time for my kids. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there just aren't any part-time crew chief gigs out. Or I would have took one of those. But uh, you can't do that job part-time. When are you going to be able to practice? I mean, we know you can talk. We, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you talk well, but there's got to be some sort of practice involved in this. I mean, this is something I like to, to my knowledge. You don't have a lot of experience in the in a national TV broadcast booth. So, when do you rehearse? What what do you do to even prepare yourself for that? Well, I mean, this dirty radio interview right here is. A I ho- I hope you have something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the truth known is, is you know. These are all examples of why I feel I've chosen the right group to work with. Is NBC has been very respectful of what Dale and I have been trying to accomplish. They have politely really not been reaching out to me at all. They let me be a crew chief, let me have zero distraction, let me do the job. Um, but there is a calendar out there. You know, my wife's you know, kind of been working on it with them for me, so I don't have the distraction. And, and I expect that when 2015 does roll around, we have the opportunity to not have to go on the air until July. And that's going to be great for a guy like me that does have you know, very low experience on television. And we're going to have a lot of races. We're going to do some practices. We're going to do some other shows. I'll probably take part in that NASCAR America show some. So cool. Just, like you said, I know the sport. I love the sport. And 
I, everybody knows I can talk. Yeah. But now I just need to talk at the right time about the right thing <laughs> with the producer guy talking to my ear. Now, if we can get that all ironed out, we're going to be <laughs> Yeah. Usually he's the guy talking to somebody else's ear. He's going to crush it. I have no doubt about that. And the other thing is, Mike, he's going to he's going to be telling DW to scoot over so he can just watch, you know, those first 16 races. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I mean, are you going to like are you going to use those first races? Are you going to kind of do it at home? Are you going to like turn the sound down and you know, try to practice like that? Is that how you do it? Well, I think we're going to be really serious about it. I think, you know, myself and Jeff Burton and Rick Allen are going to watch some races together just to see if we all watch a race the same way. Do we all see the same race? Do we all see the same exciting event? And then as we get closer, I think we're really going to practice. I think we're going to set up a booth and go in there and pretend we're on the air. And, and you know, NBC doesn't do anything I've learned halfway. You know, they're committed. They're committed to the sport for at least 10 years, and they're committed to this broadcast team, and we want to make sure that we give the same commitment back. So we're going to practice and do everything we can because our, my goal is that the 16-year-old kid with his dad and then his grandmother sitting in the living room, I can talk to all of them. And if, if I can excite all three of them as in NASCAR as excited as I am about NASCAR, then, then it'll be job well done. I know you get this question a lot. Uh, but I'm excited to hear you answer it on this podcast, which is made up of nothing but Junior's fans. What was Dale Jr. like at the end of 2010, and what is he like, and what is this team like today? Well, I've said this before, and no one believes me, but the truth be known is I don't really think I've done much in the last four years. I think Dale has really done it all, and I've just got a lot of the credit. I think Dale and I both at the end of 2010 were at a point in our career that we had to look into the mirror and decide, how much effort we were willing to put in to turn it around for both of us. And luckily for me, his answer to that question was whatever it took. And my question was whatever it took. And we surrounded ourselves with a bunch of guys that have the same answer. And, and that's what we've done. We have turned over every stone. We've talked about it. And Mike can attest to this. It started with a meeting I had with Mike, and he looked at me like I was crazy when I said, all right, Mike, here's the deal. I need Dale at the truck at this time. We're going to do this. We're going to do no media here, no appearances here. And blocked out of time. And I could see the look on Mike's face. He was like, oh, yeah, this is really going to fly right here. This is going to be big. And really, it, it was great. And guys like Mike helped me and support those plans. And we went back to racing. We made racing the priority. And that, I think, has really been the number one breakthrough in the last four years. Well, you know what? I was just about to ask you if you remembered our first conversation. I remember the uh, day that this news kind of came to us. And then you called me and we met. And we had this conversation. I don't know. Me and you probably talked for about an hour. But what you probably don't know, and nobody knows except Dale, is that I emailed him probably minutes after you and I hung up and uh, or, or got done meeting. And I told Dale, I said, this is what Steve expects. And my advice here is if you do this, this is going to be your best shot at winning the championship. I, I felt I was uh, I, I felt that that absolutely was what he needed and what he wanted. He wanted that authority uh, to, to to keep him accountable, and you brought that. And I think that absolutely that has a lot to do with his change on, on the personal level as well. But it started in that garage, and that's where you know looking back, I think Dell has alluded to this. I know when his interview with Marty Smith recently, where he was like, I look mm -hmm. back to you know sort of what we you know our practices during you know, the early days, and why, what were we thinking, you know? Like, how can you roll into practice that late? And, you know, and I look at myself, and I'm like, how, how did I let that happen? But looking back, in hindsight, it's easier to do that. When you're right in the middle of it, it's, it's almost hard to recognize because you don't know any different. But really, there was no accountability 
and uh, and and Steve, you brought that, and I think that that from from day one started paying dividends for Dale in his career. Yeah, I mean, we we made the decision early, and this started with Jeff Gordon, and we carried it through Jimmy Johnson, and, and then we carried it through with Dale Jr. And what we've learned at the forty-eight eighty-eight, back when it was the twenty-four and the forty-eight, back when it was only the twenty-four by Everham, is you know our motto is simple. You know, if everyone's accountable, it doesn't guarantee guarantee any sort of success. The sport's too tough. But if no one's accountable, that guarantees a pretty pretty close to failure because there's no way you're going to be able to beat these teams that show up, show up prepared, show up ready to race. If you don't work as hard as they do, how do you think you're ever going to beat them consistently? You're not. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put in the work. And, and he's done that, and I've done that, and the team's done that, and man, we have a good time doing it, which makes it even better. I know you downplay it, Steve, but uh, you're a big part of that. And there have been some some hilarious moments that we'll get into. Uh, one of my favorites was this year I was – I think I was at the PGA Championship, and I'm listening to MRN's call, and uh, there was, I think it was Watkins Glen, there was a big delay, and Alex Hayden was up there with you guys joking around, and Junior was sitting up there, and he interviews Junior, and Junior says, yeah, we're just sitting here, you know, passing the time, and we're talking about next season. Well, all of us except for Steve, he won't be here. And, of course, (laughs) they they were just busting your chops, as they always do. Uh, but in all seriousness, there's a lot of confidence for this team moving forward. What do you think the biggest challenge will be in 2015 and beyond? I think the biggest challenge for this team is to understand that that we won four races this year and have a chance to win our fifth at Homestead because of the team. And what I mean by that is, is you know, I have my fingerprints on this race team because I've been there so long. I've hired most of the guys. I kind of set the tempo. But this group has turned into its own living, breathing kind of group. You know, I don't have to set the tempo anymore. I don't set the blueprint anymore. This, I mean, I don't really do anything anymore. I come call a race. I mean, this group is so efficient. They run so well on their own that they have their own identity, and they just need to have the confidence in that, and I know they will. And I know Dale will support that, and Greg supports that. And Greg needs to come be Greg. Greg doesn't need to be me. Greg needs to be him. He obviously knows what he's doing. They dominated the points with chase in the nationwide side congratulations to junior motorsports on the big championship i mean coming off that i think will give greg the confidence he needs to be him i didn't try to crew chief like anyone else and greg shouldn't try to crew chief like everyone else and uh i think as long as they do that they have confidence and it's not going to be hard on the good days it's not going to be hard when you go to las vegas and you're fast and say man we're smart look at us we know what we're doing it's hard when the down days come and there will be down days this sport is so hard the season's so long there will be two or three races in a row where you crash or you break or you have a bad pit call or a bad pit stop. And everyone will start to wonder, well, maybe we should revert back to this. And those are the days that Dale and Greg and the team are going to have to dig their heels in and know that they put the work in to be great. They just need to let the process take place. And, and they'll do that, I'm confident. You're 100% right because these drivers, uh, and Dale Jr. is just uh, – they're a certain specific breed. And the thing – that I feel like really makes them tick or not tick. It's just the confidence level. And I think you've you've been able to keep Junior's confidence level up even during uh, times. It, listen, just for the past few weeks, Dale Junior's gotten a little animated. There were times in the race where he his voice level, his octave level raises. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know when he. Oh, I hear you. I hear, you. and that's when I make sure mine is as monotone and as right. boring as possible. Right, and, and you know what's interesting, and how you know that Dale Junior's grown is that. Uh, as soon as he goes through his little vent session, you know, whether it be, you know, the set of tires or it's, you know, there's a vibration or whatever, he then apologizes. 
And, and he said something to me as we were going out, uh, leaving the Speedway after Texas. And, and we were sort of uh, busting on him a little bit for that, for that little vent session he had during the race. And he says, yeah, I sounded like such an idiot. I said to myself, right after I said all that, I'm like, God, that's embarrassing. Why did I do that? And then I said, that's, and that's when he goes in and apologizes. And I'm just thinking, wow, how far have we come here? But Mike, can I give you my favorite example of sure. exactly what you're talking about? Yeah. Was in Texas, Steve's first year. I'll never forget it. And I'm listening to the scanner, and it's the April race in Texas. And Junior starts screaming about how hot it is in the car, and nobody has any idea how hot it is in there. <laughs> and Stevie's response was, I bet you'd like to get in your pool when you get back home, wouldn't you? <laughs> and I was crying laughing. Yeah. And Junior's response was, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. Hey, man, tell him to get that ready for me. Yeah. Oh, it was perfect. And, you know, and that's the key. The key is it's all perspective. And the driver has to have confidence. If he doesn't think he can beat the other 42 drivers out there, then he never will. And when a driver is out there, his only perspective is the windshield. He only knows the car in front of him, maybe the car in his mirror. He only knows, you know, how his car is driving, and he doesn't know how that stacks amongst the other 43. He might have an opinion. And every once in a while, they, they can't hold it in anymore. And that's fine. That's what, we're, that's what we have a radio for. He's a bike. He screams. That's fine. Doesn't bother me a bit. I get off the pit box, get a bottle of water, go back on the pit box. My perspective is, is that. I don't take it's not emotionally charged. I, I don't take the, the rants personally. I know why they're there. I understand the frustration. And I also try to spend enough time with, with Dale and the team away from the racetrack that we don't really have to have the conversation. My responses, the tone of my responses, and what I'm saying kind of speak for themselves. And, and it's funny because, like you said, Mike, I can hear the tone inside the car change. And that's how I know that he heard me. And it's funny because I'm not sure the fans always hear what I'm, they hear what I'm saying, but I don't know if they always know what I mean. Right. But I know the guy <laughs> behind the wheel, he does. And uh, I can almost see him smiling sometimes when I give him some of these responses. You know, uh, when you were talking about Greg Ives, I was doing some championship notes the other day uh, for this past weekend, and uh, noticed that the man has been in the sport 11 years and he's won championships in six of them. Now, I don't know what kind of, you know, batting percentage this is, but it seems to be pretty remarkable to me, uh, being that, you know, he was part of Jimmy's run, and then obviously, obviously he comes over here and, and does uh, great things with Chase. What makes him so good? You know, I think what makes Greg so so good is what every crew chief needs to have, and that is good is never enough. He pushes for perfection in every area of the race car, every area of the race team, every lap, every practice, every qualifying session. Um, no, doesn't come out of his mouth very often. Can't, doesn't come out of his mouth very often. If something is a no or a can't, it just turns into an obstacle, and he wants to know how to get around the obstacle. Don't tell me we can't do that. Tell me how we're going to do it. How can we do it better, different? And, uh, you know, that is a unique drive. I know it's easy to say, and it's rah rah the troops, and you can read all the books, but it's, it's not the guys that do that five days a week. It's the guys that can have that attitude seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, 36 races in a row. Guys like that succeed. Guys that believe in themselves when things go wrong, they succeed. And, and Greg's, that, Greg's that type of guy, and he has a group of guys around him that I know believe in him because of not only his resume, but his personality. He has a personal relationship with everyone on the 88 team because he has been at Hedger Motorsports for years before going to JRM. So, you know, there's, there's all these things that when Greg kind of got brought to the table and said, hey, Stevie, what do you think? I mean, I didn't have much response. I'm like, it seems like a no-brainer. This is a slam dunk. It's really not a tough conversation to have here. And those make decisions like this a whole lot easier to support, get behind, and really believe in.
Before we let you run, Steve, I want to ask you about championships. Uh, this past year, you guys won four races. You had an unbelievable amount of top fives. I think you had your 22nd top ten on Sunday. Just an unbelievable year, and your guys don't get to compete for a championship in Homestead. The guy you worked for for 14 years or something like that, six years as a crew chief, was going to be in the next round until Ryan Newman moved Kyle Larson out of the way to get that spot. And I don't have a problem with Newman doing that, but that elim- that takes Gordon out of the next round. Do you like the championship format? It certainly hurts you guys. Well, you know, I guess the question is, do I think this championship format um, develops the type of drama that NASCAR wants or appears that they want? I think it does. I think mm-hmm. it makes it very exciting to watch. You know, it's it's new to me. I have to have more than a one-year sample set before I'm willing to put my stamp on either the yay or the nay side of this chase. I think um, it's tough because you can make the argument, okay, Taylor, you and I are huge baseball fans, right? Yeah. So everybody says, oh, well, the champions should be the best team all year long. Well, it's not how it works in baseball. <laughs> the champion is the team that's the best in October. That's good enough all year long to make it October and then plays the best in October. That's the champion. You know, that's the San Francisco Giants, right? Like, because... They weren't the best team all year long. They were marketably down from the best team all year long. But yet they're getting the ring, right? And that's that's how it works. And so I have an argument either way. You know, there there was a time that I thought a 36-race champion was the way to go in NASCAR. I think that the chase and going to a 10-race format was a huge shift that definitely changed the way people approach the season. And I think this change will change, you know, how people approach it as well. I think we have to stick with it for a few years and see how it works. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't tweak here or there. Like, I think the everybody falling back in the same pool points thing is very complicated and confusing. You know, you should kind of finish where you get eliminated, I think. But, um, you know, a champion's still going to be crowned. We knew in February what the rules were. I am a big supporter of 43 people line up every Sunday to win a race. And we don't care how many championships you've won, how many races you've won this year, or who you drive for, you have the same opportunity as everyone else. That's what makes NASCAR great. That's what makes sports the best reality of television out there. This chase has done the same thing. Four people, right, wrong, or indifferent, have earned their chance at Homestead to be a NASCAR champion. And when you look back, there won't be an asterisk next to it. The 2014 champion will be one of those four guys, and that championship will mean as much as Jeff Gordon did in 95. Speaking of 1995... A kid that was, what, 15, 16 years old goes into Mr. H's shop and says, hire me. And for some crazy reason, he did. And you've worked there the last 19 years. You were part of the teams that were winning championships with Jeff Gordon. And these last four years, you've won five races with Dale Jr. You've made the chase every single year. How emotional will it be? Because this has been your... I mean, your entire adult life and even part of your childhood, Steve. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I could sweep a mean floor back at 16. I mean, it, it propelled me into some great opportunities. And I'm sure I'm going to take a minute sitting on top of the pit box and just want to remember it because I don't know if I'll ever or get back on top of a pit box and call a race. So it's, uh, I tell everyone, and everyone laughs, you know, when I meet people who don't know me or, I, or don't know my profession, you know, people I meet in other social circles, they'll stay. You know, as I prepare for my new gig, things are changing around me a little bit. And I said, well, I'm kind of retiring, semi-retiring. They all look at me like I'm crazy. And that's really how I'm approaching it. Because I'm looking at, I have accomplished so much and been given so many great opportunities in my racing career 
that I'm looking at this as not just a job change, but as a retirement. And I'm going to try to treat it as such. And what I mean by that is I'm going to enjoy all the small moments of time in Homestead that meant so much to me over the years, whether it's, you know, checking in on Friday morning and seeing the officials, whether it's Sunday morning seeing Dale at the car before we start, whether it's at the end of the race climbing off the pit box for the last time. And all of those moments will mean something to me different. And no one can understand that but me. And, uh, you know, it's going to be emotional. And my wife and kids are going to come hang out with me. I want to share this moment with them. And then, uh, you know, then it's going to be all over. And and I can enjoy all the great friendships I've made over the time and, and still be in the sport that I love. I'm really excited for it, Mike. Last thing I just want to say to you, Stevie, is you have an unbelievable ability to bring out the best in everyone you're around. And that's a rare quality. Not many people have it. You do. I really admire you from afar, have for a long time, and very excited to see what you're going to do in your next chapter. Well, I appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been fun. Hopefully uh, I can convince you guys to have me on the radio a little bit next year, give my analyst opinion on how this 88 team's doing. Well, I owe you a Dirty Mo Radio hat uh, whenever those come in. Yeah, you asked for that uh, a few weeks ago, and I think they're coming in here uh, within the next few weeks, uh, Aunt Kathy over here says. So, um, we're going to send you one. Uh, also, I do really want to ask you one question. You just brought up something I've always wanted to ask you, and I never have. Did you really sweep floors? I mean, because come on. I, listen, man. Listen. I can run a broom like nobody's business. Now, wait a second, though. <laughs> Mr. Hendrick hires people to sweep the floors. I don't think he hired you to sweep. Come on. Did you really? You held a broom, and you swept oh. dirt off the floor. Listen, when Ray Abraham hired me, I cleaned the coolers. I washed the van. I helped the captain, Mike Belden, restock the truck, and I swept the floors. That, I mean, that was it. That was my job duty, and, and, and that's fun lug nuts. Got lug nuts prepped for the pit stop. That was it. Those were basically my top five job, five full-time jobs at the race team. And, um, you know, but I'm a true believer, and it's going to sound silly, that in my mind, you can hire for any position, big or small in any company, by let, asking a guy to clean a room. Because in the end, no matter how cool of a job you have, whether it's crew chiefing for Dale Jr., or interviewing people on Dirty Mo Radio, or driving a race car for a living, after 50 or 100 or 200 of those events, it does become a job. And and that's truthful in, in, in any sport or any position. And then it comes down to what type of people you hire and what kind of work ethic they have. And, and I feel that that is why we've been successful at the 88, because we have a group with a great work ethic. And they're willing to keep putting the hours in, even when it becomes a little mundane and a little repetitious. And, and it started sweeping the floors, and I worked my way up, Chief, and, and who knows, 10 years from now, I might be over there sweeping the floors again. Or you may be sweeping NBC's floors. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I run a mean broom. I, I can. <laughs> Which my wife wants to know how this happened because she says I don't sweep any floors here. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe her. I totally believe her. Hey, Steve, uh, so, I thought you guys had the best car there last year. Go get another win before you go home. That's the plan. That's the plan. We're going to go down there. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy every lap, every practice session, wherever we finish, we finish. And that's fun to say, but I'm telling you, it would make for a whole lot better story and a whole lot bigger celebration if we finish the victory lane. Go get it, man. It's great to talk to you. Thanks. That's Steve Letart, Mike Davis. What a man. Impressive guy. And I have no doubt he's going to crush it uh, for NBC Sports. I'm going to miss him. I really am. Uh, On uh, that is no that has nothing to do with Greg Ives. I'm with you. I'm with Steve. I'm with Dale. I'm with everybody. I really think he's the right man for the job. I'm just going to miss Steve. Yeah, me too, man. You know, you guys were talking about emotions. You asked him about that, and uh, as as I was sort of playing that in my head coming up this weekend, 
Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of us are going to be emotional, to be honest with you, uh, when that race is over, Dale Jr. included. So, um, you know, th- th- he means that much to us as a friend, as a person, um, and uh, let alone the fact that he's a fantastic crew chief. But uh, yeah. it is going to be emotional. He had a great point about the fifth best team in the National League winning the World Series. And you're right. The best team, uh, UConn, I think, was a seven seed, seven or eight seed. Uh, and Kentucky was the other. Uh, those two teams were nowhere close to the best teams in college basketball last year. This happens in many sports where the best driver or the best team does not win a championship. As a guy that's really enjoyed following NASCAR for a long time, Mike, I have a hard time with Ryan Newman being one of the last four guys in the championship. I have no problem with him moving Kyle Larson to get into the final round. I totally understand that, and I can promise you Kyle Larson one day will also. I have a problem with a guy with no wins being having a chance to win this championship when I see Brad keselowski has got six. He's not in it. Uh, Logano's got five. Harvick's got four. Gordon's got four. He's not in it. Jimmy Johnson's got four. He's not in it. Dale Jr.'s got four. He's not in it. I understand it's to keep everybody's interest. It's so that every single race in the chase, it's all going crazy and you're all doing math all the time. I just, I'm big about earning things. It's why I love college football and how I re- you really feel like the best team wins the national championship at the end of the year because they have to prove it each week. This, to me, bothers me a little bit. And I know why, why they're doing it. I just don't like it. It's not my favorite way to crown a champion. Okay, but if Newman was not in it, say mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon does make it, Newman does yep. not, would you have a problem with the format then? Um, Maybe I'd feel a little bit better. But the fact that a guy with no wins has a chance to get into this position, it's not no shot at Newman. Kenseth doesn't have any wins, and he almost made it. I just want to see the people that have had the most success during the season battle it out for a championship. I hear you. And this would almost be an interesting case study for me just to understand. Because, you know, like in basketball or football, everybody loves the Cinderella story, myself included. I believe even you. Like, there's always a Cinderella story, somebody that wasn't expected to go this far but did. For whatever reason, Newman isn't considered a Cinderella story. And I don't know why that is. He should be. He should be. And he we has said four it, top five finishes. Listen, listen, at the beginning of the chase, you and I said on this uh, podcast that somebody is going to be at the final four that did not, or that nobody saw coming. Yeah. Right. There's somebody. I didn't yeah. know who it would be, but I would have to put Newman in that group. I would have to put him in that group. Nobody would have guessed him being in the final four. I again, and I don't. Listen, I don't mean this as a derogatory remark towards Newman. I look at these races through a specific lens, and that is the 88. So a lot of what goes on around me, I'm just unaware of because I tune it out. But I forget that Newman is even out there a lot of times. Well, so does everybody else. That's not a knock on Newman. No, it's not. That is simply saying because I'm so focused on us and and then who we're racing around. And I I don't even recall many times racing against Newman. You know, like for position there late in a race or anything this year. Y'all forgot him on an airplane. People forget him all the time. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we forget I mean, that he even exists. <laughs> forget that he's racing on the same track. Oh, man. Dale That's Jr. Funny. had 12 top fives this year. Newman had four. Dale Jr. had four wins. Newman had zero. I Look, I get it that other sports do this, too. This is just such a dramatic change, like Stevie said. 
from the way it's always been done in the past. Here, here's my here's my one thing I will say that's unfortunate. That uh, like I like the format. I really have thought that this whole drama and the pressure and everything, while it was hard to live, it was mm-hmm. fun to watch. I will say this though, Jeff Gordon did everything he possibly could do this year to be in this final four. He won the races. He put together a stellar chase. Think about it. He he finished second yeah. this past weekend and did not make it. That's he crazy. was racing for a win last yeah. week. The race that knocked him out of this thing, he was in second going for a win and, you know, with two laps to go and, mm. and had the cut tire. He did everything he possibly could do, and – I really do feel bad for that that twenty four team. Well, you should, and and listen, I know nobody wants to feel bad for the two team because they've they're wearing the black hat. They have the most wins and the most top fives, and they're not ba- going to have a chance to have a championship. And, and and I feel bad for them too, to be honest with you. I, I like when people earn it. You know, I like to see them in it. But this yeah. format, it has been inter- I I can't wait to see what it, you know, what what transpires this weekend. We'll see we'll if see. Newman wins that race in Homestead or. Has the best finish of those four guys. I, I can't wait to see the re- what the reaction is going to be on uh, on Sunday. He's going to have to finish second because uh, I the hope Harvick. I, I think hope the eighty eight might be in front of him. Are you pulling for Harvick? Who are you pulling for? I, I mean, hmm. I, get, I mean, Harvick is associated with Junior Motorsports. He's yeah, but take he, that out. He's well, it's sort of in the Hendrick family, you know. Um, so I know that a lot of people are going to pull for him. I think it'd be great to see Denny Hamlin win. I think that that'd be a that'd be a good win for the sport. Uh, I don't know how much of mass appeal effect it'll. I, I want what's best for the sport, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I don't know that Logano or Newman would move the needle enough for the sport. I want more people to watch the sport and be more excited. So if Harvick wins, I think that probably would be best for the sport. Harvick deserves it. I think he's. Uh put together a pretty incredible year, and you think about all the <laughs> misfortunes yeah. and bad luck that he had early in the year. Um, you know, they have been super fast all year. It would be deserved. By the way, if Dale Jr. would have moved somebody out of the way to get into the next round, it would have been the people would have been celebrating like they all became millionaires. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. <laughs> I have no problem with Newman no. moving Larson. Not any. No, but wow, what it was – the tension on pit road uh i was out there and i was near the 24 team and everybody was glued to that big screen because you know you're not watching what's happening at the front harvick had pretty much run away from it but you pretty much knew that newman was the 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 key the the factor there and uh and watching that race and seeing everybody's reaction on pit road the teams not let alone the fans but the team's reaction when Newman moved him was uh, extremely interesting. It, it was a uh, it was a moment I won't forget. All right, if we don't move forward with this podcast, Amanda's going to miss her wedding. Time is running out for Spy's <laughs> exclusive deal for Dirty Mo Radio listeners. Go online to spyoptic.com and check out Dale Jr.'s signature Spy 88 collection. It includes the Dirty Mo, McCoy, Quanta, General, and Farah for the ladies. Enter discount code Dirty Mo Radio. Dirty Mo Radio. All one word. At checkout and receive twenty percent off your purchase reaction theater time let's go my left my firstborn everything i've got in the bank my own mother's love my last beer guys this is nycq and i'm calling to say right now i'd give up any one of those things hell i'd give up all those things for junior to have a redo at kansas or charlotte speedway Mm. you're killing it junior we've got one more shot in miami with steve letart to get that trophy 
and then next year bring on Greg Ives. It's going to be the 88 in 2015. And I have to admit, on a slightly more negative note, it is nice to see Brad Sucky not make it any further. Did I pronounce it right? Brad Sucky. No, that's it. I'm glad to see Brad Sucky not make it any further in the chase than what he's done. This is great. Love in 2014. I can't wait to fall in love with 2015. Dale, yeah. <laughs> I can't either. I was pretty pumped at the end of 2013 about 2014, and I'm pumped about 2015 as well. Mike, if two or three of those guys are racing towards the front with 10, 15 laps to go, uh, we might see something we've never seen before. I mean, we saw we saw Smoke and Carl Edwards a few years ago, you know, in a crazy 1-2 finish for the championship. Yeah. Wow. Sunday is going to be nuts. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. And then there's going to be somebody in there, or a couple cars, hopefully it's us, that uh, is factoring yeah. into the whole thing that uh, is there to crash the party a little bit. Yeah, um, insanity hopefully behind the 88. Hey, let me tell you one thing. I can't get on board with this Brad, whatever he was calling Brad. You want to know why? Why? I left my computer, my laptop computer, in a uh, in the mule. You know one of those big utility vehicles? Mm-hmm. I left it in a – we were getting out of the speedway, and I left it there. And guess who brought it back for me? Brad, Brad Kislowski. Brad Kislowski and his spotter, Joey Meyer. I believe that. They're my heroes. No, they are good people. I, it's it's a, it's unfortunate that all that's going on. Who's next? Hey, what's up, guys? I know this isn't Dale Jr. related, but it is JR Motorsports related. I just want to give a good old Dale, yeah, to Chase Elliott for clinching the nationwide championship. Hope you all have a good weekend, and hope Junior finishes all right tomorrow. You all have a good one. Good call. Mike, this is the Dale Jr. Download. People are always welcome to give us Dale Yes, and they're always welcome to give us Dale Yes about how Junior Motorsports does, especially if they just won a championship. (laughs) You better believe it. You better believe it. Who's next? Well, there's a lot of things today that don't make sense. First off, the race isn't over. Dale Jr. just lost like 10 spots on a restart where he took 10 tires, or two tires, (laughs) 10, two. What What makes no sense is on CMT, they're playing Days of Thunder, and people that like Days of Thunder Me. like NASCAR. So why would you play Days of Thunder during the NASCAR race? <laughs> Stupid. Thank God for DVR. But hopefully this race gets better. It's not going so well right now. But anyways, just figured I'd call and rant and vent a little bit. But hell yeah. <laughs> what a great observation. That is true. Why would they do that, Taylor? Yeah, like, uh, hey, we got uh, today. We got the Packers and Bears on another channel. We got Remember the Titans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you put Days of Thunder during a race? Yeah, NCAA tournaments coming on. By the way, Hoosiers. Who's next? Hey guys, just wanted to say how proud I was of Junior Motorsports. You know, Dale may not get a championship in the sprint cup this year but he got one with chase and uh just wanted to give a hats off to everybody at junior motorsports because of hard work this year and way to go hell yeah hell yeah thank Good you stuff it's tremendous progress i know that maybe came closer last year in terms of points or whatever i this year's been terrific can i tell you one of the coolest moments of sure. saturday bill elliott being out there on pit road i'm telling you you want to talk about a proud daddy mm that guy was on cloud nine, and so he should be. But I'm just telling you, he gave me a big old hug, and he's like, you know, can you believe it from January that we're sitting here? And I'm just – I'm thinking, no, I can't. I can't. We In January, 
you know, they, they were up here for the first time just kind of looking at the cars and such. And yeah, I just – it. In such a short time, we've come such a far away, and then uh, it was. Man, so I'm cool so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, I I thought about him on Saturday because I was in Texas and had to interview him after Chase won his first race mm-hmm. in Texas. And anybody that has children can relate to this. There's nothing that makes me more emotional than seeing my children do well in something or enjoy something. And watching him watch his son win a race was really powerful and he got emotional and while he was emotional on the on radio with me on prn he said this is awesome (laughs) and to have bill elliott tell you that this is awesome yeah that's pretty powerful i thought about him on saturday no and i I, that that was uh one of my favorite moments of that whole day was uh just that conversation with bill right there on pit road he was my hero when i was growing up all right who's next I know I always call in as a disgruntled Jeff Gordon fan, but that's just, I feel like he needs a little bit of credit on your show. So I hope all you Brad Keselowski apologists and Dale Jr. fanatics are happy with the fact that Jeff Gordon's not going to win this championship this year. Martinsville and Texas cost everything. You know what? And that's, that's ridiculous. I'm going to come and I'm going to do a protest outside the Junior Nation store and I'm going to just like, I'm going to burn my own skin and, as a vigil and, um, hmm. in memory of, of my pain. Goodbye. I hear you. Hey, listen, I understand your pain, but I, again, I feel bad for you guys. Uh, you, that is not that is some way to lose a championship um, when you've done everything you can do. Yeah, I feel bad for him. I do. Yeah. I, it, Jeff Gordon didn't know what to say. I mean, just total shock. You know, last corner. Yeah, you lose uh, your chance to win a championship, and I think they. I got to be honest. I think they would have won it in Homestead. Uh, this weekend or had the best finish i didn't actually know what jeff gordon said because we were out of there so quickly i didn't actually hear his interview what did he, he just, it, I, I can't really tell you words i can just tell you his face yeah is just total shock yeah you know of how it went down he did make mention um that you can still get a second place finish without wrecking somebody he did say that yes he did and there's no question and it was i'll tell you what was really crazy about that amanda is Brad Keselowski was standing 20 feet behind yeah, I him. I did see that too. In the television shot. And it was just kind of crazy to see all that happen as uh, as that was going down. But, yeah, he, he still did mention that and, and did mention Ryan Newman wrecking uh, Larson and, and was disappointed in it. But and he, and he did say he thought all hell was going to break loose in Homestead. All right, who's next? Hey, this is Sergeant Nolte calling from IOD Air Base Guitar. I just want to wow. congratulate Chase Elliott, Dell Jr., Junior Motorsports, and everybody, man. Awesome season. I've been rooting for you guys over here all the way to the Middle East, and uh, you guys kick ass, man. I appreciate you guys. Hell yeah. That's really cool. Those Dirty Mo uh, tweets he's been sending out with the sticker, um, I take it that's the same guy, Mike? I guess. I don't I know, know if it is or not. I don't know. The, the sticker no, was no, in Austria, Yeah, that's I think. right. But he was moving around some different places. I don't uh, know. This guy's on a base, though. Okay. So well. I don't think the, I think the guy that uh, was tweeting out the sticker was just traveling, but this guy was on a base. You can't just travel to a base. No, that's true. I'm sure. going to tell you something. That just gave me chills. That was really cool. <laughs> really. Cool. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much to to all those that serve, and we have so many people in Junior Nation that uh, that serve this great country. All right, last one. Well, this being Steve's last race, <laughs> I wrote the poem. <laughs> I am a pentameter to mark the occasion. <laughs> There once was a man from Cornish, Maine, whose speech on the radio kept Junior sane. He started sweeping the floors at Hendrick's shop. Now, in his career, 
on the 88 pit box. At times, his strategy was, well, don't get me started. <laughs> Just open up the Urban Dictionary and look up retarded. Oh, Through it all, he led with positive attitude. I can honestly say he's my favorite crew chief dude. Going to be missed is putting it mildly at best. He's given Junior Nation pride we'll hold close to our chest. A Daytona 500 to Poconos and a clock. In between, you fix the car by dropping it on a block. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for all you've done for Dale. Leaving to spend time with your family is something we all hail. When you're broadcasting from the booth in Texas next year, stop by Sloppy Yellow. Hell, I'd like to buy you a beer. Dale, yeah, brother. Very good stuff, Dado. Well said. <laughs> he, hey, to this day, dropping the car on the block to fix that thing. Oh, it was the coolest thing Dado did ever that, seen. That, yeah, Dado. <laughs> it was pretty life-changing for you, too. You were going, uh, everybody was. That was <laughs> that was yeah. a big moment. It was a uh, hairy hog moment in Steve Latart's yeah. life. Yeah. No question. Reaction theaters open 24-7. All you have to do is call toll-free like it's 1983. 1-855- 740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message and we'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. One of the flying aces Wednesday, Chocolate Myers joins Kelly on another edition of Fast Lane Family presented by Charlie's Soap. That, that guy's got some stories, you think? Yes. Uh, take a look behind the scenes of Junior Motorsports or JRM 360, the podcast on Friday and on Mondays. We'll recap the full weekend for the Junior Motorsports Nationwide and Late Model Teams and Dale's final Sprint Cup Series run of the year on the Monday recap presented by Spy with Miss Amanda. Let's throw the white flag. White flag right there, white flag. Well, Taylor, this is what a champion owner's week looks like. He's taking days off. He's not even in town, actually. He and TJ are away because, you know, TJ needs a little recharging, oh, yeah. too. You know, very important for the spotter. Um, so uh, this white flag has got a lot of uh, other things in it. Don't forget to go to Fastest88.com to play the Dell Jr. Goodies Quiz. It's a lot of fun, absolutely free. You can also pick college football games every week against Dell Jr. and Regan Smith at TaxSlayerBowl.com. On Thursday, Dale will be at Homestead Miami Speedway doing the NASCAR Nationwide Series Champion Press Conference. That'll kick off a busy week. On Friday, he's got practice and qualifying, followed by two more practices on Saturday. The Nationwide Series races at 4 p.m. Eastern. Not only will Chase Elliott officially be crowned the 2014 champion, but Josh Berry is making his second start for Junior Motorsports in the number five car. He's our late model champion, by the way. So it's a big weekend coming up for Junior Motorsports. On Sunday, the NASCAR Sprint Cup race is at 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Dale Jr. will be back in his familiar National Guard paint scheme. Finally, I do want to say this. If you're still looking for Christmas ideas or Christmas presents, the perfect Christmas present this season, Dale Jr. Collection sunglasses from Spy. Mention discount code Dirty Mo Radio and get 20% off. Also, go to shopjuniornation.com nascar.com or just come visit us right here at junior motorsports and get a dirty mo radio del yeah merchandise the perfect stocking stuff for taylor and it's good stuff no question about it well we got one more of these to do let's hope we're talking about a win in homestead really really appreciate steve latart what a man so good at what he does excited about his next chapter but hope he crew chiefs one more victory on sunday for Steve Latart, for Mike Davis, for Amanda Troutman, I'm Taylor Zarzer. You've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download, presented by Spy. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Well, Mike, we survived another podcast today, and I hope all you listeners out there did as well.
So now, guess what? You can go online to spyoptic.com and pick out your own signature 88 collection Dale Jr. sunglasses and receive 20% off your purchase. You want to know how? How? Go online and type in discount code DIRTYMORADIO. All one word, 20% off.